Hi, listeners. Welcome to the new story with your host, me, Rebecca Conran. And today I have my friend who uh, actually coined the name of this podcast, Will Roan, on the show. Hi, Will. Hi, Rebecca. How's it going? <laughs> Good. Uh, I'm looking at Will's face right now because we're recording in a video conference, so I can see I can see what's going on. Um, and uh, he's just looking at me like <laughs> in a funny way because I think it's funny to go from having a conversation to recording a podcast all of a sudden so um, I'm uh, amused at being observed Will is a musician and he's living in Turner Falls Massachusetts he's originally from the northwest grew up in Martha's Vineyard went to college at Bard which is actually nearby where I live and he's a lifelong musician. He's played in a lot of bands in New York City, toured around America, Europe, and Japan. And uh, he's a, re a really good friend to me and someone who um, I connect with very deeply about uh, addiction and um, sobriety. And uh, he's going to talk to us about his uh, road to recovery and spirituality and what he's up to today. Will Roan, welcome. Uh, Rebecca, thanks. <clears throat> thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's so nice to have you on here. I'm I'm really excited because um, because you've kind of like been uh, with me on this journey through creating this new podcast, and also you know, Will Will's not a a, a healer per se in his own right, practitioner, but he is um, incredibly uh, wise counsel for me, and has been um, such a good uh, friend to me, especially in this last year. And it's interesting because we actually kind of first started being friends when I originally went to AA, which was probably 2013, 2012, maybe 2011, 2012 time. Yeah. Yeah. Thereabouts. Yeah. Tell us about like, you know, tell us about kind of your, where you've been coming from and what's the new story you've been writing for yourself. Will. Uh, well, I know it's um, a big ass question. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, might as well start, start there. Um, well, I think the idea of a new story, um, what that means to me, I guess, is the fact that, you know, so, so much of my life, um, in the past, I felt as though I was kind of on this, uh, like, uh, Per, like projection I was like moving in a direction that I, I had no control over and it felt like I was making choices against my better judgment against everything that was uh you know in in I I knew I was not going in the right way and there there was nothing that I seemed to, to know to, to to change it and through this past year and through a, a, a lot of uh, work and just uh, through a lot of learning from other people uh, like you uh, and and you, uh, I just uh, I discovered that there's like a way in which um, nothing is 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 ever you know like forced upon us. We we do have the ability to to change, you know, mm -hmm. and um, I think sometimes it just takes uh, us to. Um, pause and recognize that and sometimes it can it can happen through you know what people call having a bottom or some people having like a spiritual experience um 
but I, I think that the the concept um, of, of of change uh, is very important, and um, you know we always can can just start a new story in our lives. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because a lot of times with my clients too, when they come in, you know, there's there's a real live fear within us that we are incapable of change, that things will always be the same. Uh, in a in a painful way or that we'll never get better we won't feel better that that's not a possibility um what do you think helps you to kind of overcome some of that fear that is is natural to all of us yeah i think that the, the the fear um that's natural to all of us can can be like so so crippling at times it definitely has been for me um and it's definitely kept me stuck in situations that just, didn't work. Um, I think that, um, you know, over this past year, um, I've, I've really, uh, come to, um, the realization that, you know, life is, is, is going to happen. And, um, by like clinging onto, uh, narratives, um, that, you know, might be based out of, um, you know, self-seeking or self-interest or manipulation or personal desires that aren't for like the betterment of of anything but one's ego Mm -hmm. um if if that's where our um where our focus is um we are going to inevitably be left unsatisfied yeah yeah and i think that that's where a lot of my fear has come from in the past. Um, you know, am I good enough? Um, am I going to be approved by somebody? Uh, is this, um, situation, which I've got, which, you know, so many situations of my past seems as though I was like spinning plates or something like, like that, trying to, to make, you know, every little piece of this kind of production that was, you know, born out of, manipulation and and Mm self-seeking when 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 stuff like that wouldn't work out which inevitably it doesn't Mm -hmm. um i would become upset as and i i would feel wronged or i would feel as if the universe was you know conspiring against me um and i think that uh just through a lot of um a lot of trying to reshape my thinking and listening to other points of view that I hadn't been open to in the past, I've realized that um, there are so many layers to uh, outcomes of situations that, that nothing that happens is inherently good or bad. Um, And the process through which we, we go these things, if we get hung up on, on a, on a, on a part of a situation we we won't let ourselves be open open to like the greater um ends yeah like that that every experience is really a lot of information and we can paint it whichever way we want to paint it so if it's if we only want to paint it as something uh to you know victimize ourselves over then we will and if we but if we want to see the lessons and the love in it too that there there's great teaching in like all of our experiences if we're just open to the information absolutely absolutely uh and there's so many different 
um, ways, you know, people uh, find it through religion, people find it through therapy, um, and different, like, you know, cognitive therapies, people find it in 12-step, people find it in um, different exercises and, and uh, you know, arts. Um, but in the end, it really does come, come, come down to just a, the understanding that, um, you know, we can kind of shape how we look at things. And, um, you know, we might not have, have the out, have the power of, of deciding the outcome, but we can definitely decide how, how we process it and, 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 and how we take it, you know, and do we take something as, uh, you know, a chance for change or do we take it as, uh, you know, a, a, a chance to like reaffirm our fears and just, you know, isolate ourselves more and more. Yeah. Yeah. You know, something I actually, I don't know if you know, do you know Jess Holsworth? I'm not sure. Okay. I, I, uh, I was speaking to her earlier today. She's an old friend of mine um, who is a director and an artist and like something interesting that I was thinking about today was how, um, you know, like in terms of being a musician, um, you you have achieved a lot of stuff as a as a musician. You know, I mean, like in great bands, like had notoriety, things like that. And and when I was thinking about Jess too, similar. You know, like found success in that people looked up to the work or were inspired by the the creativity or. Um, like the picture painted was something that somebody else wanted, you know, like I remember when you're uh, with Amazing Baby, I loved Amazing Baby. I was like, oh man, I, I love this. Like I, it made me want to be singing and like performing because it was like such a great experience. And, um, and like, you know, it's interesting how inside of you, none of that was really <laughs> like, and and I speak of myself too. None of it was really anchoring in as like uh like something to feel proud of necessarily. It was all maybe like escaping you in the moment. Um, just yeah. like yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I definitely um, I, I've 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 had a lot of like time to think about it. It's it's been a long a long time now. Um, I, I started that band with a couple guys like ten years ago, but um you know, it, it was a significant moment in my life to this day. And, um, you know, I think the thing that it resonates with me a lot, um, currently is just, uh, how little of, of it, um, I enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, um, and that's, that's the, um, I don't know whenever I'm kind of debating about what brings me happiness, um, I, I do like harken back to my mental, emotional, spiritual state um, back in 2008, 9, 10, 11, as, as being completely naked, vulnerable, and, 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 and just like in so much pain and, and, yeah. and in, in so much insecurity, so much, so, so much like self-inflicted um, like uh worthlessness you know yeah. and um i i think a lot of it has to to do with um 
just like I didn't know what I didn't know. Yeah. And also I think that like achievement really doesn't give us fulfillment ultimately. No. You know, fulfillment is such a private, personal, uh, quiet thing that is it really um it's nice to have other people enjoy what we're doing or like you know congratulate or be proud of but that that sense that you have when you're doing that will come from like for me it comes from the most simple things it's like if i'm just like if i have like eaten really well and exercised and taken care of myself i'm like and i just feel like grounded or centered that to me is like a true feeling of peace which is then to me equates fulfillment in terms of like you know I don't think anything that I ever really achieved um and there's a lot of stuff I've achieved even in my wellness even in this the, the category of wellness it really doesn't no achievements truly make you feel happy I don't think no no if anything you know it's 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 almost like that kind of uh empty ending you know to to any kind of media you know you're just kind of like oh like that was that that was that you know and it's it's like i you know i had a whole lot more fun you know um sweating it out you know having to like you know wake up for like a day job and then like you know trudge you know up a hill through the rain and snow to like, you know, record it like a friend's house. You know, I had so much, I had so much more, um, you know, hope and joy in my, my life then than there was, you know, renting out really nice and, uh, you know, uh, hallowed recording studios and things like right. that. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's not to say that like those, those things don't, don't have a, a place somewhere for some people, but I just know that, through my own existence, like I wasn't bettering myself in the, in the, in the situation, you know? Yeah. And there was no purpose um, for for me in that. Um, And I'm still trying to discover, you know, what it is that, you know, is, is, is going to supply that to me for a long term. But in the end, I, I think it's just a game of adjust adjustments, you know? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's never one thing. It's, it's, if, if anything, it's just being true to the person, you know, you're supposed to be whatever that might be. Yeah. Do you think I, I have a two part question for you. Um, you know, I mean, part of the reason why I wanted to like do this podcast too, is to communicate more with creatives, with artists and musicians and sort of like, uh, take spirituality from this like really precious place that we have it right of like you know what's painted maybe in the wellness industry um, and make it more accessible to everybody so it doesn't have to like be not cool (laughs) but um, you know in terms of that like I've been thinking a lot about like how we on one hand we idealize Uh, musicians right like take for example musicians we idealize them and we um, we just we want them to give us like the stuff that makes us feel really good and we're not we don't necessarily um, honor like what's going on behind the scenes that that is um, 
yes, help like helping them to create really uh, maybe amazing music, but like I think what goes hand in hand with musicians is also a lot of addiction, drugs, alcohol, and 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 an industry that kind of perpetuates it as as like um, the that's like that's the makings of a real musician. I see it glorified a, a lot about like well, you know, like sitting and having wine and smoking your cigarettes and writing your songs. It's like, well, do you really have to like sit and drink wine and smoke cigarettes to be able to write songs? Like what's your, and, and, and do we as a society, are we sort of like glorifying um, people's detachment from self-care by idealizing that? Like what's your kind of thoughts about like how we treat musicians or how the, musical how the community of artists and musicians like kind of perpetuates pain within its within its community great well i mean i okay so within that i i could definitely go in a bunch of directions um so the way you first started out was you know trying to yes sorry (laughs) it's fine but um it's it's all really good but you were talking about demystifying spiritual spirituality in in a way and I think that that is, is tremendous because, um, you know, a word like spirituality, like what does it mean, you know? And the thing is, is that I feel as, as if it's like the same thing as what is God's name? He, God doesn't have a name, yeah. you know? And, and I think that that is, you know, I can relate it to my experience in, in AA and 12-step work and, you know, the concept of, a, uh, a God of your own understanding or, or a higher power. And, and I think that that's, you know, translated into what we're talking about. I think spirituality can be so many things for so many different people. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that you understand this and I'm only just understanding it, but, you know, for a long time, the concept of meditation, I had an image in my head of what it was. Right. And although I actually do practice meditation a little bit that way, I also practice it in many different ways, you know, and I think spirituality is just connecting with the, 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 the world inside and the world outside, you know, um, George, Harrison, George Harrison has that song within without you. Mm-hmm. And I think that that has to, to do with what God is or what spirituality is because it, it is, it is outside of us and it's inside of us at the same time, you know? And, yeah, and I, I always think of like spirituality as an honoring of ourselves as not just human bodies, but also the energy that perpetuates it, that sometimes there are no human words to define it. Uh, yeah. It's more of like a feeling and a, and a presence in the world, like all the other stuff that we experience that isn't just reality. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, um, you know, as, as it, as it pertains to art, you know, I think, you know, pure art is, is an extension of one's spirituality and, and one's, one's being and one's relationship with the world, you know, um, it doesn't, it's, it's what they, um, you know, need to get out on paper, on, yeah. on tape, uh, you know, in sculpture and in, in writing, it's, it's what they, um, want to express. And, and they, they just have this need to express that they, they work and they work and they develop and they develop. And 
I think our, our modern sense of, of, of art and entertainment, um, you know, really screws with that concept, mm-hmm. you know, because within art, there's now like, you know, formulas and that, and so many other things that kind of take away from that. Um, and so that kind of also leads to what you were saying about the kind of like hedonistic side of, of musicians, uh, particularly, but in, in art in, in general, you can definitely look at many different disciplines and have there be, yeah. you know, stereotypes of, 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 of certain people. Um, so the one thing that I've noticed um, is that the, the people with um, the most like astonishing output of work um, and, um, you know, the, the most like uh, really like awe-inspiring in, in, um, relationship to it um, are very, very, very devoted to their practice. Yeah, what's interesting, I'm thinking about, um, I don't know if you know him, but I'm thinking about Tim O'Ellis right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, when we first met, you know, we met because we were like snorting tons of cocaine and stuff. And like, you know, 15 years later, we're still friends. And I think of him in terms of like what he, he's been sober for 12 years, maybe, maybe more. And uh, like how much he outputs musically and how much he's channeling musically is kind of crazy just without any kind of like hedonistic lifestyle like you know he's vegan now and like you know he's really committed to a vision of like trying to better his health and stuff like that um so it definitely it's interesting do you think that there's a shift that's gonna that can do you what do you feel in the music community is happening around that do you think that more people are feeling like um pushed to pushed internally to like take to care about things like like their wellness well i definitely think that it's something that um is uh through like the collective consciousness yeah um it is being um pushed i think that um our society as a whole has a way there's there's a greater acceptance of like you know addiction as like an affliction yeah you know but i think there's less an acceptance of it as a a a normal way of living right you know whereas i feel like in 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 days gone gone by the kind of like uh jackson pollock like fall down alcoholic brilliant painter thing i i just feel like it was way more um revered reasonable and reasonable for somebody to have that problem you know right um, I feel as though personal relationships are, uh, held to a, a higher re- regard. Yeah. Um, I feel as though, uh, you know, respect in relationships is, is, is held higher. And so the kind of, um, the, the way people act when they're in addiction and when they are living that's the very selfish, self-destructive lifestyle, um, can, cannot sustain r- relationships. Yeah. You know, and I feel as though loved ones are expecting more from, from, from the ones that they love. And I feel like society is expecting more from us too. Uh, it might be hard to um, really be able to quantify that. And I, I might be wrong, but it does seem as, as, as though um, people are um, less inclined to uh, live a successful life and also have serious addiction issues. Yeah. Continuing 
addiction issues. Um, but then, okay, so also the thing is like drugs and alcohol, th those aren't really the problem. You know, it's, it's the yeah. underlying, it's the underlying issues, um, you know, that really, and that can be depression, that can be anxiety, that can be trauma, um, that can be a, a number of, of, of things. Um, you know, and those, uh, you know, outlets, you know, of self-medication, drugs, alcohol, sex, eating, all that stuff can, can work for a little while, Yeah. you know? Yeah. And I think that's hard for some people to understand that like at some point it worked and then it will no longer work ever again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and in, in fact be, um, the extremely detrimental to their life, catastrophic consequences. Um, you know, Absolutely. if, if it can, can, can continues. Um, and it's, it's interesting. I think a lot of artists use substances, not as so much as like an inspiration, but as like fuel, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, well, you know, Basquiat's been coming up a lot because, like, it was his birthday recently. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, when I went to see his show recently, you know, a show of his work at um, the Brooklyn Museum of Art. Um, I forget if that's the right name for that museum. But uh, when I looked at his paintings, I just felt incredibly depressed um, yeah. because I could feel the energy of, like, I mean, to me, they look like the paintings of a heroin addict. Do you know yeah. what I mean? As, as, a, as a former addict, as a former heroin user, meth addict, like I could look at that and I thought, wow, like to me, I was hit not necessarily by some profound uh, inspiration through the art, but I could really feel the sadness in him yeah through through the piece of art and it was it was so vivid to me like looking at it just being like wow i can almost like taste the heroin in the air from the energy of the art um yeah it's really wild how like you know i think we and, and i getting back to like what i was originally talking about too it's like you know i think we we put people on we put artists on a pedestal and um maybe because they're achieving something and they're being seen and we're like, we, there's a part of what they're doing that maybe needs to come out of us. Maybe we like revere musicians because there's an inner musician in us that needs to sing or play music in some way. And so we feel called to that. Um, but we, we put people on this pedestal and, you know, really we're just, we're all the same. We're all having, no matter how much we're achieving or like how brilliant we are, we're all just having this human experience too that's full of ups and downs and like, you know, dating issues and body issues and self-worth issues. It's, it's just the human experience at the end of the day. And I think like that kind of goes into what we were talking about social media too. Social media can be such a, um, it can paint a different story that if we, if we have the perspective that there's this life going on out there where everybody is like more talented and more beautiful than we are, like social media is really a place where we can kind of victimize ourselves, you know, into seeing that, into seeing like, oh, all these people are doing all of these really dynamic things and then feel worse about ourselves and, and forget that like, what we're all showing on social media is like the best of ourselves. We're not necessarily showing like all of the mundane, painful, vulnerable, weak, weaker aspects of ourselves. 
Yeah, it's 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 twisted. It's 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 very twisted because it's the best of ourselves, but it's the best of ourselves through our screwy self-examining mirror. You know, yes. like like you know, it's through our own spiritual body dysmorphia. Yeah, you know? <laughs> like I don't know. I I, I feel as though I, I see some people doing things that are uh, you know very exciting, but they're kind of giving this like you know because like a photograph isn't reality yeah you know um and you know not many like capturable media like really is reality like and that's the thing we're like fetishizing this this like artistic moment you know mm-hmm. as reality um and i i don't know I, I i can really speak to myself but um the more and more i i like really uh examine it for my myself, I, I find it to be, um, you know, n- not as it seems. Yeah. yeah. Um, I uh, th- th- these are such uh, very like fascinating topics. It's so I I, I, I just, no I forget that I'm being um, you know interviewed and I I really hope I'm making any sense while I'm while I'm speaking. Yeah, you totally are. I mean, that's what this whole thing is about too. It's just like having a conversation about, about like, you know, where, what we're thinking about what's going on with us, because really what's going on with us is what's going on in the collective. I think that the there's common themes throughout everything. You know, some of the stuff we've been talking about was the same stuff, similar stuff to what Jess and I talked about earlier about like mm-hmm. our own uh, path is like, um, especially to do with like sitting and meditating. How do you do it? Like what's, you know, there's a picture painted about it. And like, what does our practice really look like? I feel like these are things that are really, um, that a lot of people are probably thinking about all of this stuff. Um, what do you think is your most valuable self-care practice? Or, you know, maybe there's like a system of self-care practices that you have, but what does it look like for you? Like when you're feeling like you're in a good groove of just like taking care of yourself, what are you doing? Um, well, I think that that's a, a, a good question. And, um, you know, my, my, I, I mentioned this earlier, but I'll, I'll give him credit. Now my sponsor in, in AA says that life is uh, about adjustments. It's constantly, it's constantly checking in with, with yourself and adjusting. And I think that even a, a very basic, uh, you know, morning, um, like meditation, you know, 10 to 20 minutes body scan, or even some like affirmation with some like pausing and, and focusing on the breath can, can really give you just that kind of intuitive sense of, of what is going on, yeah. you know? So I think that that's very uh, important. It's one of the things I do the least in my day to today, if, if I was going to add up all the self-care things I do throughout the week. Um, but I do know that, that it, it has always proven to be uh, very illuminating, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's important. I think that, you know, the very basic things that you'll like read in Cosmo or you'll get from your therapist or your spiritual advisor, any of those things, I think that diet and exercise um, is super important to me. They're also um, the hardest shit to do, though, too. Oh, yeah. You know, I think, I think like we, we sort of like 
we like write them off as super basic and they are basic, but they're really like the hardest things to get practiced at is like eating right and getting enough sleep and just like taking care of the physical body. Yeah. It's no, wild. <laughs> it's, it's, it's wild, but yeah, those are, and you know, those are, are things that just can very easily be um, rationalized into like the back of, of one's mind, you know? Yeah. Um, and and that's what it is. The, the thing is, it's in our in our you know society, and you know this time of year especially, um, you know it's very hard to um, keep a, a really strict schedule and keep um, your your diet and like you know healthy habits in check, just because you know you're you're there's a lot expected of all of us. Yeah. You know, yeah. And and much of it um, does not take into account the amount of time that we need to give to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's really important. Something that I do, um, which is, um, you know, definitely, uh, you know, my, my, my personal thing is a morning and a night prayer, mm. which I think can, 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 can be, um, you know, anything to anyone you know, like I said, spirit, spirituality is, is, you know, within, um, the participant, you know? Uh, so it's, it's not about, uh, praying to a God if you don't believe in God or if, even if you do, but it's, I, for, for, for me, it's, it's more about connecting with, um, the gratitude, um, mm -hmm. and, you know, the, 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 the things that, that we have in, in life and kind of putting our focus towards, those positive as aspects. Mm -hmm. And um, like you were saying earlier, I think it can reshape our perspective, which then can reshape our, our mood. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of like the collective consciousness, what do you think is the most, I mean, what's been on your mind lately as to just like what, what you're thinking about, what you're philosophizing, what you think is important for our collective consciousness in this moment? Um, well, I really think that, um, for, I, I think that, uh, you know, judging people, um, mm -hmm. and in, in, in general, uh, not, um, exuding, you know, love towards, towards others is very, is very Im Im important, even for, 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 for those who, who, who aren't sending love back. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and that's the thing I, um. I just saw that that movie Vice the other day, mm -hmm. like two days ago, and it's a it's a it's a very depressing movie. Um, the one with Joaquin Phoenix. No, this is uh, this is new. It's uh it's with uh, Christian Bale as Dick Cheney. Oh yes, got it. Mm -hmm. And Ooh, uh, that sounds right? depressing. <laughs> it, it's it's depressing. I mean, it's an entertaining movie, but um, you know, it it really does you know do a, a good job at just showing how messed up our values are as people because because yeah. i don't know if you know um economics trickle down but i definitely know that you know a, a, our, our 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 spiritual health definitely trickles down you know and i i think that you know we need to realize that um and this is you know maybe strange coming from uh, you know, a self-identifying uh, artist, but the I, the idea of the individual 
and, and us as, as being extremely important um, needs to be uh, kind of like redefined a little bit because yeah. I, 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 I don't think that, that we aren't individuals, but I definitely uh, don't think that we are apart from anybody, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you can be unique and important, but that your neighbor is as equally and unique and important. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's really true. I mean, I more and more um, believe that our ego is strictly a defense mechanism, uh, you know, of this like, you know, construct um, of our brain and body. Um, yeah, it's like, it's like it's, its whole purpose sometimes is to, is to um, defend the beliefs that we've been taught or yeah. ingrained with, or that came with our ancestry and genetics, you yeah. know, it's like, it's always trying to reprove like the, the conditioning almost so that whenever we try to rebel against it and really feel like our authentic self or like our intuition, it's mm -hmm. always like, it's like that, like, it's just like that really negative like drunk dad that you see on television absolutely shows. absolutely <laughs> now nah, you can never do that you fucking loser you know what i mean it's like what like what where is this going <laughs> yeah no absolutely absolutely and I, I i i think that i think that um you know humility and gratitude um as a daily practice um really does um help you know with that drunk dad that is living inside of all of us <laughs> i'm so glad you brought up judging too and stuff because i i have definitely found myself lately like being i just have no space for people to degrade other people in front of me like um like if and i don't mean people just venting about like struggles they're going through but um like i actually have found myself with with people who i i know unconsciously it's unconscious what they're doing like they they in their conscious mind i know how what loving individuals they are but then you know if if i've heard someone saying like oh that stupid fat bitch or something like that i'm i'm like immediately like don't i don't want to i i will say like you know this is you're like reaffirming those ideas about yourself when you kind of speak that out it's like harming you to even communicate that or think those things about other people that kind of like degrading judgmental kind of energy that i think is really perpetuated you know through news outlets now and like all the gossip stuff that you can read and i think it's so unconscious the way that we judge other people and it really is like um it's an internal issue because when I, when I look at like people I've had recent like kind of tussles with, I guess, about this stuff, like I've had a couple of friendships where I've been like, I don't, I love you, but I don't want to hear you talking about people in that way. That's not the way that I want to engage and talk about people. Like, I think everybody is lovable and worthy. But when I think of like the issues they have in their life too, that they really feel judged, they really feel unworthy or unattractive. And then I see how they're speaking about others. And I'm like, you have to know that those are directly related that judgment we have for other people 
or where we go, that person's worthless, that person's unlovable, that I hate that person. It really is like, it's a mirror of like the feelings we have subconsciously about ourselves too. No, absolutely. It really, it, we're just like, you know, adding fuel to the fire, you yeah. know, when we speak like that and um, it's, it's, I, I, you know, I brought it up too, because um, it actually, I, earlier before you started recording, we were talking about, you know, things we were changing, or I was saying about things I was changing in the, 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 the new year. And the second thing was no longer talking about other people or mm-hmm. um, putting out, you know, uh, opinions or judgments about other people. And, and it goes into talking shit, goes into go- gossiping. And I don't think that I am, uh, you know, uh, a, 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 a terrible offender of, of this, but I feel as though any bit at this point um, just, just brings negativity into my, my life. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think it's very important. I think we need to be genuine and, and grateful and clean our side of the street, yeah. you know, you know, pointing out other people's shortcomings or uh, you know, Anything that is, you know, anything like, 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 like that, I, I think doesn't serve to, to help them. And it definitely doesn't serve to help us. Yeah. And, and true as some of those behaviors may be that people are projecting that may be like, you know, uh, terrible in some instances. I think like, you know, um, I'm, call, I'm thinking about like call out culture in general too, and how like in some ways, like it's been important to um, to for people to reap the rewards of their own behavior, right? Like it's important for Harvey Weinstein to like be held accountable for all of the women that he uh, harmed and how and how much that spread out into the collective, you know. So mm-hmm. I think that's really important. Um, but I also think like there is, it, it also part of call out culture is about venting and projecting our anger to do with things that may not be directly about us, right? Mm -hmm. It's like a place where we get to just like project our pain into it. And then it sort of takes on its own life and then becomes a perpetuation of suffering instead of a perpetuation of solution. You know, absolutely. yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't, I don't happen. I, I just feel like uh, so many things um, with within the, the, the call culture, like people uh, believe like, like can't like, I, I, I feel as though what you've just said, I think some people, um, you know, like, think that they have to be mutually exclusive. Yes. Yeah. I mean, to me, how I like to like, just break it apart is if I feel really strongly about something that someone is doing, then I um, will take it up with them personally. I will personally say something to them. I will have a direct conversation with them, even if they feel like, like that, you know, if I have a strong need to communicate something or something that I'm seeing that feels um, that I feel like I need to intervene in, then I'll do it personally. I think a lot of stuff happens when we personally connect with people too. Absolutely. But but the other thing is that like, I think that we, as there is just all these kind of like, 
you know, we're kind of making up these boundaries as we go, right, around like the collective. And um, every situation is different. Every situation is different and needs to be kind of handled differently. And in the perfection of spirit, the way that everything is unfolding is perfect. But I do think that like where we feel that we need to take control and, um, and I'm just using this loosely, but any feeling like of being a savior or being like um, taking control and being the one that like kind of uh, projects the truth and if you don't do it, no one will. And to me, it, it is, um, it is actually stems from a place of fear that the, that spirit, that the universe is not benevolent, that if we don't, that we can't trust that things, um, if we focus on compassion and love and rehabilitation and sort of solution oriented things, it's like saying we don't trust that anything will come out of that, you know, or that change isn't possible in people, you know, that we have to judge them and punish them and then like, send them off away from us. And I think a lot of, I think that's sort of like some of the issues I see with call out culture is that it doesn't seem to be very necessarily rehabilitative. What's the word? It doesn't seem to want to rehabilitate the person or create a lasting solution. It tends to be about our anger at the behavior, but not really necessarily looking at what created the suffering that created the behavior. Yeah, no solution whatsoever. No yeah. solution, only only punishment. Yeah. Um, and you know, I yeah I, I only you know I and the thing is is that I don't really um. I I don't want to qualify it by saying you know clearly there are are, are people doing some really heinous things you know, yeah. but, um, I I believe that you know, I, I personally believe that I cannot control anybody else. Yeah. So for, for me, it's, it's not, um, it's, it's, it's not helpful or powerful or, um, you know, good for my well-being to it, to like voice that my opinion that people need to do something this way. Yeah. And I, I think that's what, what call culture, you know, so many good-hearted people um, just want to be given the instruction of what are we supposed to do about this. Yes. There's like there's there's a huge problem, but like you know, for how we were raised, for who our parents were, for where we grew up, for so many different things, you know, have left people in the dark about the quote-unquote right way to handle things, and mm-hmm. um, I think that. Um, you know, looking for that, you know, part, pardon the expression black and white, you know, answer is just, is, is there, there is no answer in that kind of, uh, yeah. Well, and cause truly, I think that the answers we're looking for, we've got to create, you know, I think it's, Mm -hmm. I think we have to be really ingenious about like how we move forward because I don't think it's going to look like anything we've ever seen if it's going to be something that's like, you know, going to benefit us too. Yeah. Um, you know, another interesting thing is just that it's just the energy of judgment, you know, um, like I have, I have clients who um, like by, by all me, by all like, you know, 
visual purposes of their life. They like, they were loved. They were taken care of by their parents, but like, um, you know, so many of us have been conditioned by the judgment of dormant religion in our lives too. Like, um, like a, an idea that, um, we're being judged on our behavior too all the time. And that that judgment can mean, uh, either our, uh, soul's blessing or, um, our damnation too. And I think even, even though we may not have been raised with religion necessarily, that is just such an ingrained part of our, um, of our culture, of our society, of our consciousness right now, this like, be a good girl, be a good boy, that like, it is all about good and evil, good and bad, you know, um, like punishment, reward. Um, It's never, it's, it's interesting how we vacillate between the extremes and that like all of that judgment energy, whether it's how we judge ourselves as being like, um, for little things, bad. I'm bad. I ate a piece of cake. I'm bad. I slept with that person. <laughs> you know, like yeah. we we really punish and judge ourselves instead of going, okay, this is information about myself. And is this? Am I like in my choice? Like, is there something else that I'm that I need? Maybe what I need is like intimacy and a hug instead of sex. Maybe yeah. instead of a piece of cake, I need like you know, to call a friend or to be heard in some way or to honor like some part of me. And I think like, you know, really what you're talking about in terms of judgment too, is like, we really have to let go of these opinions we have about the information we're receiving and just see if we can just take it in as information Yeah. before we've formed an opinion mm-hmm. or question our opinions on why we think something's good or bad or why we think we're good or bad. Yeah. And, you know, I feel it's though, like, we do need to kind of do that. Uh, and, and we really not, you know, I feel so often that there is a rush to, um, I don't want to say not, not rush to judgment, but a, a rush to coming to a consensus. Yeah. You know, like, like, is that awful? Yeah, I'm supposed to answer immediately yes or no or how do you feel about this? Need to answer yes or no. And, you know, um, I feel comfortable talking to you about this because I know that, that, that you come from a place of love and, 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 and light, you know, and I, I would say that I try my, my best to as, as, as well. Um, but oftentimes I really feel as though um, having to come to, you know, snap judgments on situations does nobody any service whatsoever yeah Yeah. it really is important to like look at the deeper meaning behind everything um and then also to look at our reaction like when we have that snap reaction it's really saying something about us as opposed to the situation you know it it talks about our own wounding and the stuff that triggers us more than it does like the reality sometimes of what's going on Um, it's fun to talk about these things. I'm so, I'm so grateful to have this conversation with you. And it's interesting because, um, you know, to our listeners, like Will is like such an inspiration for me. And, and especially because he's a man (laughs) and sometimes like there's advice that I, that I need 
that um, it's like, you know, for someone who has a, a non-existent relationship with my dad, like having a trusted friend who can provide me a perspective that is different from mine. I mean, it's, it's invaluable. Like I so appreciate um, like the, the guidance that comes through you, you know, and I think like spirit comes through all of us, you know, that like divine information, it's, it's available to all of us. And he, he knows me at my most vulnerable and my most intimate, you know, like wounding. And um, like, we are all like, we're all teachers and we're all like students too of like yeah. this experience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I have to say that, uh, you know, on my end, uh, our re relationship has been extremely beneficial, beneficial and valuable to, to me only because, uh, you know, you, you've, you've, you've seen me through a, a, a pretty tumultuous year. Um, and I would say that it is so valuable to have, uh, you know, a friend um, that I feel like I can tell anything to, you know, and, and, and there is no judgment, yeah. um, you know, and I think that that is, it's, it's, it's important to have those positive relationships in your life. Um, because, you know, if you keep all those things in that you're scared that you're going to be judged about, they're only going to become more twisted and, 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 and ill inside of you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when so, really they like want to be loved. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You, have, you, you, you have to let them out. Um, you know, there's, there's a, a platitude again in recovery that, that goes, you're only as sick as your secrets. Yeah. And I definitely, uh, can relate to, to that on, on so many levels. And, um, I think it's Im important to, um, really just, uh, you know, accept who you are and, and, you know, um, figure out what you can, can do to, to remedy, you know, anything that is, 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 is giving you disease. And I think that the first, uh, step is, is to, you know, open up. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, would that be the advice you give your younger self? What would you give, what advice would you give your younger self, Will? Um, I would uh, give my younger self the advice of to, you know, uh, don't forget to brush your teeth before you go to bed. <laughs> Someone needs to remind me of that. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, yes. Um, and also that, you know, it's all going to be okay. Um, you know, I, 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 like many of us, was a very sensitive child. And um, I was raised in a, in a home of, uh, of alcoholism. And um, I was constantly trying to shape the outcome of things that I had no control over. Yeah. Um, and um, I, uh, I, I think that realizing what I've been through and where I am now, um, you know, I could have never, ever, ever imagined uh, the twists and turns my life would have taken. Um, and there's no way that I could have, have, have guided it to where I am. And I'm very thankful that I am where I am. And I, yeah. so I, I think it's in, you know, in, instead of like the nihilistic um, kind of uh, angle of nothing really matters, I think like, like take it in like the very like optimistic choose life, like wonderful, like, like nothing really matters. Yeah. You know? Except for, except for the love that we share with each other. Yeah. Yeah.
Will Roan, everybody, my friend, ex musician extraordinaire. You can catch him on his new band camp, which is NewSick, which N-E-U-S-I-C dot bandcamp.com, which I'm going to link in the show notes, as well as to Superculture and my favorite, Amazing Baby. Um, <laughs> and you can also catch him on uh, Instagram. I don't know. Do you have a public account on Instagram? It's not public right now. Okay. Well, he's very inspiring. He's got a lot of visual aids that bring me a lot of laughter and joy. He's uh, one of my favorite person, people to share memes with and cute stuff. Uh, so uh, yeah, you can catch him on Instagram zones. Uh, if he accepts you, he accepts you. If he doesn't, you know, don't come complaining here. <laughs> no, uh, he's also going to be taking a little break from social media for a month. But um, yeah, I would definitely listen out for his music and for the stuff he's got coming up. Will, thank you so much for coming on and having this conversation. Oh, Rebecca, thank you. This was awesome. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you and our listeners soon. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Will. Thank you, listeners. For more information on Will, check out the show notes for links to his um, beautiful tunes and, or follow him on Instagram. And uh, for more information on me, www.rebeccaconran.com. And please tune in to New Story Podcast with me, Rebecca Conran, for our weekly energy reports, uh, all to do with the astrological insights, a ritual, and a tarot pull. And of course, other conversations with creatives and people on the path, just like you, uh, to, tapping into the collective, sharing little bits of information, and also just sharing in the fact that we're all in this together. We are all fighting the good fight, sending you many blessings, and I will see you next time.